Did you know that parents rank financial literacy as the number one most difficult life skill to teach? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app for families. With Greenlight, you send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and keep an eye on your kids' spending with real-time notifications. Kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. And parents can rest easy knowing their kids are learning about money with guardrails in place. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. This is a Vault Studios production. The family of Crystal Rogers is waiting to hear if remains found in Nelson County belong to the Bardstown mother who has been missing since 2015. The discovery was near the border of Nelson and Washington County. Sources close to the case believe it's a location where Crystal Rogers was last seen on July 3rd, 2015. I knew exactly what they were doing, where they were at, and been waiting for it. I'm so happy it's finally happening. We need them here. Nine search warrants, boxes and boxes of evidence we've seen today. The FBI now on the Crystal Rogers case, and it all started early this morning. Agents spread out to three major scenes. They had the hood of his truck uh, truck open and going through his, under his hood. They're going through everything. If we can see an end of this, it'd be, it's going to be a party at Barstow. Because it, it'll be the answer that everybody's been looking for. I know Tommy, Sherry, and Crystal are looking down on them and saying, it's over. We're taking care of this today. Justice will be served. A sigh of relief, but I'm more concerned about the ballots. Getting them closure, uh, bringing Crystal back home, which is all we've been trying to do for the last five years. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson, and we wanted to bring you an update on our Bardstown podcast and the cases involved there. We brought you Bardstown last year, of course, the story of five unsolved cases in Kentucky. Our host, Shay McAllister, joins us to bring us news of some pretty significant developments. Shay, thanks for being here. Sure, Will. Thanks for asking me to be on. First of all, we've got a lot to talk about, and anybody who has listened to the podcast will be familiar with those five cases. There is one in particular that appears to be related to what's going on in Kentucky over the past uh, few days. Tell us, uh, well, first of all, so that's Crystal Rogers, right? I mean, these developments are related to her case in particular. Yes, over the last few days, we have seen huge movement in the Crystal Rogers case. This is the first big movement, really, that we've seen in the last five years. She went missing July 4th weekend of 2015. The first four months of the investigation, there was a a lot of movement. There was a lot of searches. There was multiple agencies getting involved. Um, A couple of months after she went missing, they named a main suspect in the case. Since then, though, everything has really petered out until just this week, when the FBI announced they would be taking over the investigation, taking the lead on the investigation, And furthermore, bringing in 150 federal agents to execute search warrants all over Nelson County and also interview tons of people. So this is a huge development in this case. So so let me ask you, when the FBI comes in, the the Kentucky State Police has been dealing with this case, right? They've been in charge. The Nelson County Sheriff's Office has taken the lead on this case, but the Kentucky State Police have assisted, and actually the FBI has assisted as well. Okay, so then all of a sudden you have an announcement or news that's come in that 150 agents have gotten involved and the FBI is involved. From what you're hearing, from who you've talked to, what does that mean? I mean, that seems like 
a, a lot of focus is being put on this. It's an incredible amount of focus. And honestly, in my experience covering unsolved cases, which I've been doing for the last several years, I haven't heard of anything like this, where five years into a cold case, they decide to bring in a new agency and that new agency is the FBI. I mean, that's huge. I think realistically in this case and what the FBI actually said was that they have been working on this investigation in some capacity for quite some time. And here just recently in the last couple of weeks, they thought it was appropriate to announce that they were taking the lead on this investigation. And the Nelson County Sheriff's Office actually admitted themselves that the FBI just has resources that they don't have. And some of those resources could be key to really bringing some pieces together in this case. And a lot of them, which I think people know about and have heard about, but no one's really been able to tie a bow on it yet. Okay. And then the other really big recent development and sobering news is the discovery of some human Well, what could be human remains, right? Exactly. So two weeks ago, we got news of possible human remains being discovered and then recovered right on the edge of Nelson County. And it's right on a county line in an incredibly rural location. I'm talking thick brush trees. Where the remains were found was actually right on the side of a creek. And what led to the discovery was tons of rain over the last month. So there was a lot of erosion on the side of the creek. And the property owner was fishing with a friend and noticed what he says he thought could have been maybe some sort of um, tribal burial or something like that. Once he started really looking, it appeared to be more. So he called in authorities And we know that the FBI evidence team was brought in to respond and collect. And right now, those remains are undergoing testing in Quantico, Virginia, at the FBI evidence lab, which is highly unusual for when remains have been discovered in this area before. Where where would those normally be dealt with? Just on a local level? Yes. So typically, the Kentucky State Police... Um, in their crime lab, takes care of human remains discovered in this area. There's also another facility called the Tennessee Bone Farm, and they're known to sometimes take remains, and especially when it's um, maybe pieces of remains and and maybe matching dental records or, or checking for this, more specific asks. Those are the two labs that I've heard of taking on remains that are discovered in Kentucky I have not heard of many cases where they go to Quantico, to the FBI evidence lab. In fact, this is the first one that I've heard of since I've been covering cold cases here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like over the past year, we've heard about other remains being found and everyone gets understandably excited, might not be the right word, but everyone gets focused on the idea that these could be connected to one of these cases. Yeah, I think, you know, everyone gets their hopes up. And that truly is the feeling when you talk to... The families, it's a little bit more complicated because if it is their loved one, of course, that's a that's a horrible thing to find out. But for these families that have been wanting closure, it also would be a good thing to find out, to finally get that. And you're right. There has been remains discovered in the last year. I think since I first covered Crystal Rogers' case five years ago, there has been multiple times that human remains were found not exactly in this area, in the Nelson County area, but in surrounding counties. The big difference, though, here is that usually they pretty quickly say, no, it's not her. And that's important to to the family, you know, that they don't want to have to wait. And I think authorities try to respect that. So as soon as they can ID against it being Crystal or ID it as someone else, 
they tell the family. And in this case, it has been two weeks and the family still has no update. Is that a long amount of time from people, you've, from experts you've talked to? To wait? That's an incredibly long wait time. I know for the family, the longest that they've waited before this was six days to find out if remains discovered were crystal. In speaking with forensic anthropologists who, you know, are are the designated experts in this field, they tell us a more typical wait time um, is 48 hours if you have full skeleton remains and if you have a DNA comparison or dental record comparison, meaning you're not trying to identify these remains as one of the thousands of missing people in America. You're trying to say, is it her or is it not? And in this case, they do have those kinds of records. There, There is DNA. There is dental records for Crystal Rogers. So they're kind of doing that one-on-one comparison, which is supposed to move pretty quickly. So my assumption is that this point we we have no idea why that wait is taking so long no we don't know i spoke with um a contact with the fbi today and he told me that the louisville field office which is now leading the investigation is waiting for results from the fbi evidence lab in quantico he didn't have any kind of timeline on that he couldn't tell me what exactly they were waiting for Of course, you know, there can be tons of variables. We don't know the condition of the remains. We don't know exactly what what they looked like. How how much was there? Um, How much do they have to work with? Those are questions that we just don't have answers to. So this could be a lot more complicated than we even understand. But right now, we, we don't know when we'll find out. So we were all waiting to hear some news. You and I had exchanged emails, and I'm sure you had done the same with a lot of other people. In the meantime, early in the morning of Thursday, August 6th, we start hearing about search warrants. What what did you hear and what happened? So I first got a call um, right before 7 in the morning from a member of Crystal Rogers' family, letting me know that they had heard that there was FBI officers and agents and Kentucky State Police agents all over Bardstown. And he didn't know a lot of details right away, but as soon as I hung up with him, I had an email from our FBI office with a press release announcing that they were taking over the investigation. And then calls and texts and messages and emails just started flooding in with pictures and videos of officers in front of multiple different homes and pulling people out of those homes. So right away, um, I went down to Bardstown just to try to be there and make sure I could experience it and see what was happening and figure it out. It was um, quite the wake up call. And where were the search warrants being carried out? Yesterday, there was three search warrants executed that we know of. The first was at Brooks Houck's home. He is the named main suspect in Crystal Rogers' disappearance. He is her former boyfriend and the last person who's known to have seen her alive. He lives right outside of town. And from what we can tell, officers were there before sunrise. They beat through his door, brought him out, and spent about 12 hours inside his home. He was there for much of it, just sitting right outside in the driveway, talking to the agents and walking, watching what was happening. Yeah, and, if, and I've seen some of the images. I mean, it's the IRS and the FBI, and they're carrying just boxes and boxes out to a van or vans outside the house, right? Exactly. They brought tons of stuff out of that house. Of course, All of these search warrants are sealed, so we don't know anything about probable cause. 
And we won't know anything about what they actually found due to them being sealed. But tons of boxes were brought out with paper, filing cabinets were wheeled out, pieces of furniture. It was really interesting, and it was an all-day affair. And you mentioned nine, I believe, nine search warrants. Is that right? That's right. So they they told us they would be executing nine search warrants. So we know of three yesterday. The first was at Brooks Houck's home. The second was at his brother, Nick Houck's home. Nick Houck is a former Bardstown police officer. He was fired a few months after Crystal went missing The police chief said that he was interfering with the investigation. And one example was when he called his brother Brooks and told him to stop a police interview, not answer any more questions. So his home was also searched. That was an interesting one because he was actually taken from his home, left the property, and we didn't ever see him come back. So we know that they were going to be doing interviews and that was likely what was happening there they told us that there was no arrests yesterday they didn't plan to make any arrests yesterday when they were executing those warrants but he was not at his property and even late i'm talking 13 hours after they got there an agent was looking in his truck out in the driveway just by themselves and then they went into the house and got more agents who came out and they just started digging through the truck altogether. It was like they had just discovered something, even though they'd been there for 13 hours. So that was an active scene all day, just with tons of agents. The Nelson County Sheriff's office was there. The sheriff himself was there. Um, So that was the second one. The third one was at the Houck family farm, which is hundreds of acres right outside of Bardstown And it's one of the last places that Crystal was known to be alive. So for anyone who's listened to the podcast, at least two, I believe, two of the three places you've just mentioned uh, are are part of the story in one way or the other. In particular is Brooks House Home, the one that you have gone to in the podcast, right? And, And we knock on the door. Right. We actually went to all three of these spots. The most engaging part was at Brooks Home because he answers the door and he talks for a while, um, answering, not not truly answering questions, but engaging in conversation. So that's probably the part that people would remember. What is it like being in Bardstown? I mean, these cases have just consumed so many people and so much time, and really nothing has come out in terms of an investigation. People are just waiting and waiting. And this is one case we're talking about, by the way, Crystal Rogers. There are four others, one being Crystal Rogers' father, Tommy Ballard. What, what is it like being in town? I believe you spoke with Sherry Ballard, speaking with other people. What's the, the mood like? There's definitely a sense of hope and a sense of, could this be it? Could this finally be the answer? Is this going to bring the break in the case? There's kind of this new energy surrounding it, not only by family, but by people in town who are celebrating a new agency taking over, you know, that that old saying, a fresh set of eyes, is it going to make the difference? But I'd be lying if I said that there wasn't some hesitancy around that. You know, it's been five years. There's been a few times, um, namely when they named a main suspect in the case, that the town and the family were hopeful that some big break was going to happen. And it just hasn't yet. So I think there's some cautious optimism with people. They Everyone likes to see what's happening there. The town was definitely energized. Um, I was at Nick Houck's home for most of the day. And 
tons of people were driving through just asking what I'd seen. Had I heard anything? Was there any arrests? What are they doing here? I think it's people who do and don't know the Ballard family, but Bardstown is a small town and everyone knows about these cases and everyone feels some sense of connection to them and wants to see them getting solved. So I think that there was definitely some excitement, but then again, people wanting to be careful and not get their hopes up too much just in case the wait continues for much longer. Yeah, I mean, I know you've covered these cases, a lot of other unsolved cases in Kentucky, right, at WHAS in Louisville. But to have done the podcast, to have worked closely with you, to have gotten to know all of these people, to have heard their voices and heard them crying, uh, to hear, you know, friends of these victims, family members, and then all of a sudden, almost a year later, for there to be some development like this, uh, it, it, it feels like you say, you know, cautious optimism, but it feels like a big deal. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll have to wait and see. This could take a while, I, I imagine, for anything to come out of these search warrants and the FBI investigation. We really just don't know. We don't know. And, I, you know, I, I certainly feel connected to these cases. These family members mean a lot to me. I've been working on these this case in particular for five years. You know, I, I moved to Kentucky the same week that Crystal Rogers went missing. So this has really been a defining case in my career and in my time in Kentucky. It, it means a lot to me. The people involved mean a lot to me. So I would love to see some sort of resolution for them. I'd love to see them get some answers in this case. And But I'm kind of there with the town, with that cautious optimism where it could be a big deal, and I hope it is, but it has been five years, and we could still be waiting for some time. Shay, there's no official connection between the cases that we know of. There has been so much speculation, so many rumors, but these cases that we cover in the podcast and that you've covered extensively as well began with a police officer. Jason Ellis, have you been able to reach out to his widow or talk to that family as all this is going on? Well, you know, it's interesting that you ask that because both of Jason's sisters reached out to me yesterday after they had seen the update on the Rogers case and just wanted to check in with me and see if I had heard anything. They've always been pretty open about their beliefs that their brother's case could have some tie to the Rogers case. To be clear, no officials or investigators have ever given us any reason to connect the cases but the family members sometimes believe there could be a connection. And that's the case here. So I was able to connect with his sisters. Um, I assured them I would tell them if I heard anything. They wanted to make sure that they were standing back and, you know, letting the Rogers case have the attention that it deserved yesterday. They did not want to put Jason's story back out there and You know, they wanted to be incredibly respectful, but they're watching it very, very closely right now. Okay. Shay, anything else uh, to add here before we let you go? No, you know, I know that so many people are following this case all over the country, even maybe globally. And something that Sherry Ballard has asked me to share with everyone who is um, praying for her and giving her support is that she is just so grateful for that support. She says she feels loved. She feels supported. And she thinks that all of those prayers and positive thoughts might finally be working. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for the great reporting. Absolutely. Thanks, Will. And for Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson.